please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to the Vagabond Exchange, the long overdue episode that many of you have been waiting for, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm Emily, sitting across from... William. Okay. Yeah. Hi, William. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. Today is... Uh, You're really good? Yeah. <laughs> Today is somebody's birthday. Whose birthday? I believe it is yours. It is my birthday. Yep. Are you having a good birthday? I am having a great birthday. Yeah? Yes. What did you do for your birthday? Oh, not much. It was just a quiet day. Yeah? Just kidding. <laughs> I had a great birthday. You know I had a great birthday thanks to you. Well, I tried. You did very well. Yeah. I was very impressed. You're going to make me tear up again. No. Yes. So, we did exciting things, mm -hmm. which included a trip to St. Louis, a Cardinals ball game, yep. a trip back from St. Louis, mm -hmm. <laughs> and a surprise birthday dinner that I thought was just going to be a quiet dinner with the two of us, but turned into a joyous festivity full of all of our friends. Yep. Well, most of our friends. Yeah. And it was very enjoyable. I'm glad you had a good time. I had a great time. I'm glad I was able to get away with that secret for so long. You I were. Just, I was impressed with your sneakiness. Yeah. Because you've uh, often talked of your inability to do things like that. To pull that I thought kind of you stuff did up. awesome well, for this supposed inability. I had the, the help of two ladies. Yes. And uh, they were very helpful in getting helping me helping me to get helping everything you help yourself, in order. Yes. Right. But well, it was awesome. So yes, and I was happy that most or a lot of your friends, almost everyone, showed up that we invited. That's so, good. Yeah, I felt very loved. Good. So happy birthday weekend! <laughs> it's great when your birthday lands on a weekend. Day it is great because you can celebrate the whole weekend long. You can apparently celebrate the whole month. True. Just kidding. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That is true, because we still have a big birthday uh, lunch coming up for you. Yes, With all do. of your co-workers and friends. So I'm excited. Yep. You, you must feel well-loved. I do feel well-loved, and not just because it's my birthday. Yeah. Just because I do. That's good. So anyway, we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we went to a ball game. We um, did. Thanks to Mr. William, yeah, who snagged some great seats and tickets for us. Yep. Made all the plans. Not only did you plan a whole birthday party, you planned a whole trip. Yeah, well. That's a lot of planning. It's easy when you're just there for a day. And we were just there for a day. Drove up. The great thing is the timing had to be perfect. Because right. we took a half day of work. Right. And it takes about five hours to get from Nashville to St. Louis. Right. And so we were if, driving and had... Rental car, rental car, drop off and pick up uh, time that had to be allotted, things right. like that. And I was hoping that we didn't run into any like 
snacks. jams and bottlenecks and construction. There were no jams, bottlenecks, nope. or construction. So we got there like two hours before game time. We kind of freshened up. Yep. The hotel, we stayed at the Hotel Millennium in St. Louis. Yes. Which is the the one uh, good thing about the Hotel Millennium is like it's a block and a half, two blocks away from the ballpark. Yeah. If that, I think it's a block, isn't it? Okay. A block away from the ballpark. And uh, it's not the greatest of hotels, but it's not bad. I thought it was fine. Yeah. It was fine for one night stay. Right. It uh, is, uh, I think it probably was in its heyday, like in the early 90s, probably. I think so. It's very open and spacious. Yeah. And so it makes for a lot of echoing and there are a lot of joyous Cardinals fans there. Yeah. But honestly, I thought they were going to be like rowdy and raucous all through the night, but they weren't. Get quiet after yeah. a while. Yeah. And I think... There are two different parts of that hotel. Right. There's like a, a tall tower like part. And I think that may be the older part of the hotel. Okay. So we got lucky and stayed in the newer the section. Newer but it was clean, which is pretty much my only criteria for right. a hotel. And the uh, the staff was very friendly. Yes, they were very friendly. So even when, even when you... <laughs> made a bad joke. Yeah. And wasn't very well appreciated. But that was really neither here nor there. Yeah. And we saw a baseball game. Hello. We did see And you saw your first, Grand apparently, Slam. first Grand Slam. It was my first Grand Slam. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. And we it were lucky fantastic. that uh, <laughs> we, we got to see a nine-inning game because the following night is when St. Louis and New York had that 20-inning game. Yes. It was actually an eight-and-a-half-inning game that we saw. Because the Cardinals won, so they didn't true, play true. the second yeah. half of the ninth inning. Very true. But it was great, and there were fireworks afterwards, which we did not stay for, but you could see from the street. Right. So we kind of watched them. Yep. And made gestures towards the people standing in the hotel windows. Right, for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, we thought that was a good idea. Yep. Um, what else did we do? I guess that was that about was it. That was about it, and then we got up the next morning. and. Uh, which now I feel bad for dilly-dallying yesterday, knowing that. You were trying to adhere to a schedule. Uh, well, I figured as long as we got back in time where you could change yeah. and get ready for dinner, right? we'd be fine. Plus, once you, I told you that reservations for dinner were at 8 mm-hmm. because everyone was told to be there at 7.30. Oh, because you're very clever. Right. So I figured we'd show up a half hour later, everything's set up. What I didn't figure is that nobody would tell me that they were ready. And I couldn't get in touch with anybody at the party, so right. I'm, like, driving around acting like I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so, finally, I just said, screw it. Hopefully, they're there. And, and luckily, they were, they were there. They yeah. were all there. So. And there was lots of uh, fun things, too, at the table. Lots yes. of party favors right. for everyone Some to of enjoy. them uh, flammable. But Perhaps illegal in right. 49 states. <laughs> But fun nonetheless. And we didn't seem, the, the restaurateurs didn't seem to mind. No. That we were like setting, literally setting off fireworks in their restaurant. Yeah. Some of the patrons were ducking a little were bit. Were they? Yeah. They seemed a little bit annoyed, but whatever. <laughs> I guess I wasn't paying any attention. Mm. And we drank champagne in a can. Yeah. So that was enjoyable. It was tasty. That champagne was good up until um, it got just like two degrees warmer than it was when they officially originally brought it out oh really and i was like this is gross but it was fun i still drank it and apparently they don't have a beer license yeah so all their beer has to be high in alcohol content that's you know that's a thing in nashville that i don't understand because there's a lot of bars that sell 
that don't have their beer license. Mm-hmm. Like the wine bars around here don't have their beer license. How can you be a wine bar and have a beer license? I don't know. To me, that doesn't seem logical. No. And there's a lot of like little restaurants that only sell high volume beers because they. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, it's expensive to get a beer license, and they can charge more for. How much is a beer license? I don't probably three million dollars, probably. Yeah. Approximately. Hmm. You should look it up. I will later. You know what we need? Hmm. We need a um, Tony Reale for the Vagabond Exchange. We do a need fact, a stat boy. Fact checker. Yeah, stat boy. We should uh, ask uh, Seattle Joe to be our Seattle Joe? stat man. Do you want to move to Nashville and hang out with us one day a week? Well, you can just listen to the show and then correct us later. That's true. And we'll read your corrections on the air. Right. On the podcast. You could record your corrections and we'll play them. And That's then true. Could hear your Seattle Joe voice. Yeah. What What do you sound like, Seattle Joe? Do you have a deep voice? Do you have do a you high, have a high voice? voice? Do you speak with an English accent? <laughs> Is your Do you have a, an a effeminate voice? <laughs> a lisp. Be and nice, <laughs> <laughs> Joe. If you it do d- have a lisp, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Why? What you have, I'm just curious as to how he sounds. So, along with fact-checking our statements, if you could also send us a description of your voice, that'd be great. Right. And according to uh, Emily, she would like to see a a better picture. Yes. We give Seattle Joe a lot of tasks. I'm surprised he still hangs around. He takes our abuse. Yeah. Specifically, you said you wanted to see him in a thong, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) I I didn't I didn't say that. Looking a huge lollipop. <laughs> Seattle Joe, I am so sorry. So if you send that in, Seattle Joe, make sure you send it in care of Emily because <laughs> I don't need to see it. But Or you totally made it up so you could see it. Oh, it's well, your secret fantasy. You All this bashing that you do of Seattle Joe is secretly because there's sexual tension between the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> say it. All right. This has gone way like <laughs> away from... Yes, it has, but it's extra funny. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, so we've been gone for a while, which, as I'm sure you probably figured out, means we've seen approximately a thousand movies. Right. So what we've decided is that we're going to do very quick rundowns of each of these right. and a very, very quick review thereof. That's right. So, um, what do you think? Let's go. Okay. Very, very quickly. All right. Just brief synopsis. Your rating, my rating. Done. Done. Okay. All right. First up, Repo Man, starring Jude Law, Forrest Whit- Whitaker, a Spanish woman that woman that was in uh, I Am Legend, right? And leave whatever is what's his name? He's married to Naomi. Oh, Liev Schreiber. Yeah, he's in. Hot. <laughs> um, and Repo Men is set in the future. Mm-hmm. It's about some dudes that take uh, or or uh, it's in the future. So basically, these artificial arteries and other various organs, arteries, organs. <laughs> have been invented, mm-hmm. um, but they're very costly. So a lot of people have taken out loans. Right, in and they have to, a very high interest rate. Yes, as well. yeah. in order to keep their loved ones healthy mm-hmm. with these manufactured organs. And so a lot of times they default on their payments. 
And just like your car can be taken away by the bank, so can your organs. Enter Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, partners at this establishment. And um, basically, Jude Law, through some kind of freak accident, ends up with one of these organs, defaults on his payments, and one thing led to another. Right. (laughs) So, you go first. All right. Just very quickly... I really enjoyed the film. It, the ending kind of, I, I didn't dig the ending as much, but I enjoyed the trip along the way. It was a little bit silly. It was ultra-violent. But I liked Jude Law, mm-hmm. and I liked Forrest Whitaker. I liked the idea. I'm not big into science fiction movies, but I dug this one. I liked the idea. I liked Jude Law. I liked Forrest Whitaker. I thought it was poorly executed. I hated the writing, and the ending made me want to punch myself in the face. Fair enough. Okay. What would you give it? I would give it a 5.2. I would give it a 7.5. What does IMDb say? Who's the smartest of the two of us? Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a computer for that. (laughs) 6.3, so right in the middle. All Pretty right. much. Awesome. Yep. All right. Next okay. movie. Greenberg. Greenberg. I can't remember the chick's name who was in this either, and I want to remember it. So we'll look Twitter. it up right after you. Greenberg stars uh, Ben Stiller and um, another guy and some other people. Right. And it's basically <laughs> the story of a um, guy, I would call him a little bit narcissistic and selfish, Neurotic as well. Neurotic, yes. Mm -hmm. Who at one point in time had some amount of fame with a rock group, but who since then has kind of fallen off the deep end and just spent some time in a mental institute. And upon being released is staying at his brother and sister-in-law's house where their sort of caretaker, nanny, personal assistant um, spends a lot of time. Right. And the two of them have sort of this flirtation slash love story, and you learn a lot about um, sort of their separate neuroses. They're um, very far apart in age, so it's interesting sort of how they relate to one another, and one thing led to another. (laughs) Um, And I'm killing myself that I can't remember the name of that actress. I can't can't remember the name of the the guy either, who I liked a lot in the film. Ivan something. Yeah. Or... Irfan, Irfan something. We'll look it up. Yeah, but he was in uh, Notting Hill, mm-hmm. and he was in the Replacements a football movie. But he's very good. He's extra funny. And uh, I thought it was a very enjoyable film. Ben Stiller really surprised me. I mean, he's usually like over the top, kind of like for like in Meet the Parents and stuff like that. He's almost right. too neurotic, right, to the point of distraction. And I guess he was very neurotic in this movie, but it fit for the character. Yes. And um, But there was a part of him that was lovable in a way. Yes. And also a part of him that she just wanted to punch in the, in the yes. face. But he has some... And this was written by Noah Baumbach. How do you yes. pronounce it? Yes, Baumbach, I think. And he did um, Squid and the Whale and Margot at the Wedding. Squid yes. and the Whale, to me, was a, an excellent movie. Margot at the Wedding, not so much. Right. But he redeemed himself with this film because it was very funny, touching... Some very funny lines. Right. Where I actually had tears coming out of my eyes at some points right. in this film, and um, and there's also like a German Shepherd that's very adorable in this movie. That's right. I forgot about the German Shepherd. So uh, definite recommend on my part. I agree. I thought it was very well written. 
Um, I loved this female character who will figure out who she is in a second. Um, but this is my favorite Ben Stiller role ever. Okay. And um, made me believe, like, maybe he actually could be, like, something other than just, like, this slapstick. Spastic kind of. Yeah, actor. He did the movie Permanent Midnight a couple of years ago. I never saw that. Was that pretty good? Had uh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah, it was pretty dark. Was but it? I actually thought this was better. He did better in this film. So. Hmm. Um, what, what rating would you give it? I would give it an 8.7. I give it a... Uh, Eight point seven two. Okay. Oh, Jennifer Jason Lee is also yeah. in this movie. I forgot about her. Seven point three. Uh, Greta Gerwig. I wanted to call her Greta, but I kept thinking her character's name was Greta. Greta Gerwig. I think this is like her first film. Oh, really? And Chris Messina plays the brother. I've been seeing him in more and more stuff. I'm really pumped. I hope he like Re- breaks onto the scene. What's that guy? Oh, name? Reese Ifans. I got yeah. his last name mixed up. Irfan, Ivan. Yeah. Reed. To me, he was the... Why? Well, he was just a bit of a surprise for me. Cause well, I'm he sur- was kind of an anchor to the other characters who were very much wrapped up in themselves. Right. That's what he I liked very light, Compared to his other roles, very laid back and... Mm-hmm. Yep. Not yeah. silly. It wasn't a silly role. No, which very mature kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So. So I'd recommend it. Yep. Um, Okay. Next up, and this, we just saw this a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. we saw The Runaways, which stars Dakota Fanning, uh, Kristen Stewart, um, Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, who played her mom, Tatum O'Neill, okay. who I don't understand why is ever allowed to be in any movie ever, but whatever. Um, and basically is a story of, kind of of Joan Jett, but of the, was it, what, like, late 70s rock so. band yeah. all female rock band the runaways and um sort of follows the story of how they meet um their subsequent fallout and then sort of the rebirth of joan jet afterwards right so that said i was very disappointed in this movie <laughs> i felt like they tried to accomplish two things but they couldn't really find their place in either one one was to show women's influence in rock around that time because there really weren't any fem- true female rockers that weren't like hippies or you know pop singers karen carpenter kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and also to show um sort of the evolution of the band i felt like they were stuck between um showing uh sherry curry who was played by dakota dakota fanning sort of wanting to display how what a sexual being she was at the age of 15 and sort of how Joan Jett fit into that. And then on top of that, talking about the music and they didn't do any of it very well. Right. So I was disappointed. And aside from them playing, I love rock and roll at the end, <laughs> probably wouldn't see it ever again. No, I agree. I thought it was uh, visually very washed out. I guess they were going for a certain feel, but it didn't really go rock, you know, fit right. with me. And we, we talked about this before and how for me, one of the greatest movie like rock and roll type movies is almost famous right which was also said i believe in the 70s right and it, it didn't have that washed out look to it but it, it worked right and this is more of a color like i said color by numbers kind of rock and roll movie you know they meet they're no nobodies they start to become somebodies there's drug use drug abuse there's um you know a member uh, of the band that everybody hates right so it's like i've seen this before um, maybe not with an all-girl band, but 
that's the thing. If this is the first time you're going to have like a movie like this, you got to really knock it out of the, the right. park. Right. And they they didn't do it. And Michael Shannon, I I I know you didn't like him as much as I did, but right. He was probably he and Dakota Fanning were real. They did really good jobs. Kristen Stewart still doesn't. We had this whole I conversation. Don't get Kristen Stewart. She so she had to look down. It seems to me like there would have been more passion there. Right. When you're playing I, I Joan picture Jett. Joan Jett as like the ultimate sort of not feminazi because I hate that word, but mm. but just like like a kick-ass bitchy, Take no, no holds barred. Yeah. But she was. I don't know if they were trying to show a vulnerability to her, but it wasn't done well. Yeah. And as, I'm sorry, Kristen Stewart, but no matter how much you stoop over and wear a leather jacket, you did not play Joan Jett. No. I was very disappointed in that. Joan Jett is like, she's an icon right. to a lot of like female guitar players that I know. Kristen Stewart is more like brooding. I, yes. I couldn't imagine Joan Jett. Maybe she is, but I don't see her being no. that way. No. So. Um, and I didn't get why we needed to see girls in their underpants as often as we saw them in that movie. Like, I get it, right. but really, gratuitous underpants? No. Yeah, and there are a lot of these dizzying scenes where the camera, I guess, is kind of sh- trying to show the drug-induced yeah. haze or whatever, but that was distracting and annoying after a while. I'm boring. Yeah. Like, show me something different. Right. Especially if I'm paying, like, $800 to see that movie. <laughs> so, I would give it a 4.5. I give it a Four. And 7.1. Wow. Maybe we missed something. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get that, but I didn't even know that was Tatum O'Neill. So you didn't? No. The mom? Mm-mm. Huh. Go figure. <laughs> so. Okay. So um, today we actually went and saw Death at a Funeral. Right. Which has Chris Rock. Tracy Morgan, Danny Glover, Zoe Martin. Saldana, Martin Short. No, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Uh, Luke Wilson. James Marsden. Uh, Loretta Devine. Yes. Ron Glass. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yep. Yeah. Had a number of... Of people. Yeah. Mostly so, African-American. Regina Hall? Yes, yes. Yeah, so... Hey, yes, and uh, Death at a Funeral is bes- basically about uh, Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence's our brothers, and their father passes away. Right. And, um, I mean, there's basically just a lot of different antics that go on yes. during a funeral. Yes. And which, I know Death at a Funeral sounds like a weird name, but you but find out a, why it's called that right. when you watch it. I don't want to give anything away. Right. And uh, so... It had some humorous parts, most mm-hmm. of which you've seen in the commercials. Um, right. A couple of more. Tracy Morgan, I almost wish Tracy Morgan, he was, it seemed a little bit toned down almost yeah. in this movie. I wondered if that was on purpose. Right. Um, so, Chris Rock, I don't consider really a, a really good actor. He always kind of has the same kind of look when he gets upset or, you know. He shows, yeah, he shows emotion in one way and it's droopy face. Right. And droopy face doesn't necessarily mean emotion, you just look tired. Right. Chris Rock, yeah, who I love, right, but shouldn't should stop doing that. <laughs> Martin Lawrence, I think, is a better actor, but he kind of played Martin Lawrence. He's always played this guy, right. And um, James Marsden was actually the funniest. He was, he was, he was, and really I didn't funny. expect it. No, and Peter Dinklage did a good job too. Yeah, he did. 
do a good job. Uh, Danny Glover wasn't bad. He was pretty funny. Yep. Um, Loretta Devine plays the same part same in part. every movie, yeah, every TV show. Yeah. Please stop. Zoe Saldana, hotness. Yes. Yes. Always hotness. Yeah. So, um, Luke Wilson, kind of surprised to see him in, in that movie. But, <laughs> I didn't understand why he was there. Yeah. So, I mean, it was okay, but you can definitely, in my opinion, you can wait till DVD. Right. Yeah. Or till it's on TBS. Yeah. Yeah, I Just mean, it was... It's rated R, and it could probably could have gotten away with PG-13 or something. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, That's kind of why I was surprised with how toned down Tracy Morgan was. I was expecting more from him with an R rating. Right. So. I would give it a 5.7. I'd give it a 6. 4.4. 4, wow. So, there you go. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, a few weeks ago, William and I decided to frequent one of our favorite movie theaters in Nashville, which is the Belcourt Theater. If you've listened to this before, Seattle Joe, you know um, the Belcourt is an old historical theater here in Nashville that we like. And they are now showing midnight movies. Or I guess they always have. I just never really went before mm-hmm. we were friends. So anyway, um, we decided to check out the movie The Crazies. And not the recent Crazies movie, the one with Timothy, hot, hot Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> we decided to see the 1973 Something. version yeah. of The Crazies at midnight. Yep. This um, one was directed by the guy who did uh, Night of the Living Dead, and his name escapes me now. But he's fam- famous for zombie movies. His name is Escapes Me Now? His name is, <laughs> I'm sorry, his I'm name just, escapes I'm me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so <laughs> anyway, the crazies is basically about a small town in Iowa um, that becomes infected with some type of virus um, that turns people into crazy people, right. and they laugh maniacally and try to kill people and things like that. Yeah, and splatter a lot of fake blood. Right, it looks extremely like red paint. blood. Yeah, yeah, it was it was like pinkish red. Well, I thought. I thought it was very bright red, and it's like much thicker than I'm accustomed to seeing. Yeah, like the consistency of paint. It really makes you appreciate how far we've come with special effects. Right. Um, So I don't even know if we want to rate this. I just, I mean, it was all right. It was a 70s horror movie. I didn't like it. you don't walk in with high expectations. Plus, I was getting sleepy, maybe. I don't know what it was, but I was ready for it to end. Sleepy or sleeping? (laughs) I was trying to stay awake. <laughs> I will say one thing. What? For a 70s movie, one of the main characters was an African-American male who was kind of the, the leader. Like yes. of the, He was a sergeant or I, I can't remember, a captain or something. Right. But he was very articulate, mm-hmm. very intelligent. And for me, those kinds of things stand out, especially in older films. Yes. Where you kind of have these stereotypical characters. And he would he went... He was not a stereotypical character, so I did like him. And I wonder who he is because I hadn't seen him before. No, and I haven't seen him since. Right. Which I guess is what you were saying. Right. <laughs> so. But yeah. So, you know, if The Crazies comes to a theater near you, maybe go see it. Yeah. What I like about the Court too, even though it was a little over the top, I like that they come out, like somebody from the theater comes out and introduces the movie right. and talks to you. And I love, love, love that they shove the whole do not text, don't be on your phone oh, yeah. thing down our throats. Like, I wish they did that at every movie. So, like, they put on notice these people who think it's okay. Which I will say, 
the last probably what four or five movies we've gone we haven't to, seen that nothing yeah. so mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe the word's getting out or people are you know the thing that's annoying now is not the the, the patrons Mm-mm. it's the ushers that walk in with those big bright flashlights right. now now they're blue they used to have blue, like a red lightsaber the, all these different yeah they're blue and green and so yeah we, yeah he actually right. the guy that walked up he called he people said, that do that assholes yeah he so. says because what do what do people do what do we call people who text during movies assholes yeah don't be an asshole yes and he was obviously like a movie geek right. because which was awesome I right mean, so but we yeah. like we like you like you so, so what would you give the 1970s version of the crazy uh 4.4 4. i give it like a seven and a half would you no i get like a six and a half just because I think for you have to consider the time period, but it did make me want to see the new version. Yeah, six point one, not okay. bad. Um, George Romero, that's who mm. directed it, okay. and I can't remember Colonel the Colonel Peckham, Lloyd. Yeah, Holler. Lloyd Holler. Yes, that was Holler. Holler, that was William's friend. Oh, he's, he's been in on Law, Law and Order, Order. in nineteen ninety-five. Kiss of Death. One mm. Life to Live, Bart Barron. I don't remember it's him. Been, he was on the Jeffersons. He hasn't been. Oh, and Rage of Angels, yeah. Good times. He's not a consistent actor. <laughs> yeah, Rage of Angels. That was a. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. A great TV movie. Rage <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's great. Okay. So, um, We're clicking right along here. Yep. Okay, so our uh, like tenth and final movie review. Wait, you missed one. Did I? <gasps> I did. Yep. And it was a good one. I'll save that one to last. Okay. Because it was a good one. Um, so, uh, also, a couple weeks ago, we decided to check out Hot Tub Time Machine, or HTTM, if you're acronymally inclined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the Hot Tub Time Machine film stars uh, John Cusack. Uh, Craig Robinson. Rob somebody. Rob Cordry. Cordry, Yes. Um, Some young newcomer. I can't remember his name. Yes. Chevy Chase Chevy also Chase. has a little part in it. And that's all I can think of. Th- those were the only people I recognized. No, that's not true. The other person I recognized was the um, sort of second banana to Lindsay Lohan in the movie Mean Girls. Ah, uh, yes. I can't think of her name, but she no. was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hot Tub Time Machine is basically the story of three childhood friends who are reunited based on... Um, kind of poor circumstances that have taken place in one of the friends' lives. And so they decide to kind of relive their, I guess, early 20s, late teens. I don't really know how old they were. Um, and go to a ski town in some state somewhere. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and when they get there, oh, they end up bringing along um, this newcomer that we talked about who plays John Cusack's nephew. Nephew, right. They end up bringing him along. And um, when they get to this town, they realize it's not quite the place that, that it used to be, um, kind of shabby and run down. And they um, they go back to the hotel, the original room that, where they used to stay, and encounter um, a hot tub that, through a sort of comedy of errors, turns into a time machine. And they are sent back to their former glory days and sort of have to decide how they want to live out these next few days until they can get back to the present. Right. I think the initial idea is to follow, to do exactly what they did back then so as not to screw up the future. Right. And then they decide maybe the future wasn't all that great to begin with. Right. So, 
one thing leads to another. That's right. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised with this. It was, I thought it was going to be like so stupid. It was funny, funny. Mm-hmm. There were actually like some, some pretty good, some decent writing, pretty mm-hmm. good jokes. Um, John Cusack plays the same guy that you've seen in like most of his successful movies. Right. Craig Robinson, pretty funny. Rob Corddry was actually my favorite, and he used to annoy me when he was on The Daily Show. And I really liked the kid, whatever his name was. Right. So it's a light, funny, sort of makes you think about what you would do if you were in that same circumstance kind of movie. Yeah. So maybe go see it or just check it out when it comes out on video, slash CD, yeah. slash beta. I agree. Um, not as funny as I thought it was going to be, but... I still enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed when they got back from their time yes. in the past. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes. If they had had more of that, I, I probably would have liked the movie even more. Just to see how much of the future you know, changed due to what they had done in right. the past. Um, seeing Chevy Chase makes me want to see another vacation movie because he's still funny. Yes. I think he could still do it like as a grandparent or something now. He I and he Beverly would. D'Angelo. Yes. You know, while all these people are still around, uh, Randy Quaid, all they should just they should. That's a do good one idea. more movie. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. But like you said, um, DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would give this a seven point two. Um, I would give it a seven. Seven point five. Okay. Not bad. Fantastic. A lot of people were saying this is like the um, Hangover. Yeah, it but was I didn't kind think of. it was. As funny as the hangover. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, what's the kid's name who was in oh. it? I just wanted to find out. Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Is that him? No, I think it might be this. Clark this? Duke? Jacob, yeah, because his name was Jacob. Yeah, that's Yeah. Him. He's kind of a cute nerd. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was much younger than me, but he's only about three years younger than me. Looks like a young Michael Moore. Yeah, he does. A little more uh, well kept, though. <laughs> no ball cap. No, and like a actual hairstyle. Yeah. Okay, Nicholas Cage. Apparently, Nicholas Cage. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so um, the last movie that not that we saw, but that we saw recently mm-hmm. <laughs> was Date Night, which stars Tina Fey, Steve Carell, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Kristen Wiig. Common. Common, yes. Who is the other one? I can't think of the, the other cops. Uh, Ray Liotta's in it. Oh, yeah, Ray Liotta. Yep. With his tight face. <laughs> what happened to Ray Liotta? I know. I had, like, he was so great. Goodfellas, you were just awesome. Yeah. And then what did you do to your face? Why did you do that? I don't know. It's yeah. like kind of like Mickey Rourke. Yeah, all these people, men and women, these movie stars are... Meg Ryan. Yeah, they're messing up their faces. And I was reading this article about Meryl Streep and how she hasn't had any Mm -hmm. of that stuff done. And she's still beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, look at... um, Who's the... Helen Mirren. Yep. Completely. Like, who would not want to look like her when they're 60, 70 years old? Exactly. So stop messing with your faces. Don't put stuff in your face and don't cut it off. Right. It's not that difficult. You just don't do it. No. (laughs) <laughs> so, i agree anyway, uh date night follows the story of a married couple tina fey and steve carell who decide to um well they have kind of a regular date night thing happening um but after hearing the story of sort of the plight of a friend's marriage 
um, both sort of invest a little more hope in a particular evening out and um, go to a very swanky restaurant and dress up grown-up clothes, um, but then are mistaken for a different couple when they take someone's reservation. So after that, um, it's sort of an action-adventure after that. Oh, and this movie also stars James Franco and Mila Kunis, who I cannot get enough of. If the two of them are in every movie that I ever watch going forward, I I will die happy. That was one of the best scenes in the movie. That was. Those two. This is one of few movies. I laugh at most comedies that we go see, but this is one where I could not regain my composure. Really? (laughs) That's how funny it was. And it was in particular during the scene with James Franco. and, and That was, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. So... It's a very funny movie, um, very grown is it it's nice to have a grown up comedy yes. where it's not like I mean, old school hangover, those are all funny movies. Right. But where you have two adults kind of dealing with adult situations. But who have genuine senses of humor. I feel like the I'm sorry to interrupt because I know you're no, totally okay. talking. I feel like comedies, romantic comedies, either follow kind of one of two things. It's either like these young twenty somethings who are like texting and you know it's very catchy and cliche and kind of like trendy yeah well like this big and we didn't see that movie the valentine's movie yes. or the, the the other one that had a bunch of people in it with justin long new york and, i love you no uh justin long and um the guy you like from the hangover and jennifer conley where he's yeah, her, it was valentine's day no valentine's day just came out oh this year. he's just not that into right you. sorry these yes. kind of ensemble kind of like you hip yes. young yeah yes or it's kind of like movies my parents watch, which is very formulaic, um, sort of stale jokes. Um, there's nothing bright or new or fresh about it. I like to see two adults who, even despite being parents or despite sort of fitting into these uh, stereotypical molds that sometimes I think parents or even adults get put into, they're really funny, and they say things that kind of take you by surprise or shock you. There's the uh, bloopers kind of at the end right. where they're just sort of ad-libbing and doing this impromptu stuff, and it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, Tina Fey's like, what, late 30s, yeah. early 40s? Mm-hmm. And she's she's coming up with stuff that is knocking me out of my seat. Right. This is fantastic. This is great material coming from a person who's a real, I feel like, a real person right you know and so it's really i thought it was really refreshing to see a comedy that you can relate to that doesn't necessarily fit into some movie formula mold right and these aren't uh this isn't brad pitt and angelina jolie these are like you said just to tina fey is not a glamour queen right but somehow she's become that but she's become like the hot librarian (laughs) right she's also brilliant and, you know, a comedy genius, and you know the way I think of her. I right. mean, Steve Carell is the same way. I mean, he's brilliant on The Office, a funny comedic actor. They're both great, but they're not um, studs or you know, they're just regular people Sex like people you, we would know. Yeah, right. And but they're and they had great chemistry. Yes. And um, for the most part, the film was hilarious. There were some scenes that kind of stretched it a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I forgave that because. It, it was a, a really good movie. Right. Yeah. And Mark Wahlberg was hilarious in it. He's a, a guy that you think takes himself very seriously, but then he's able to play on like the whole Marky Mark thing. Or right. When Andy Samberg was making fun of him, he says he's going to kick his ass, but then he ends up coming on the show and, you know, right. playing Like making of, fun of himself. Yeah. So. Which I can, I appreciate when 
beautiful people are able to come down from their beautifulness. Yeah. And he is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I would highly recommend seeing Date Night. If I had an excuse to see it again, I would. (laughs) Me too. I would recommend it. And I would give it an 8.7. I would give it an 8.5. And 7.1. Oh, I'm surprised it's that low. Yeah. I thought it'd be an 8. I wonder how much, uh, how it's doing at the box office. It's number three this week, and it's been out for... Three weeks yeah. now. $49 million. It's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. I wonder how much it costs to make. Uh, it doesn't say. Which means that they made it for zero dollars. <laughs> right. All profit. Shoestring. Hmm? All profit. That's right. So anyway... Yeah. Those are all the, uh... All our movie reviews. Right. Quick so, and dirty. So go see them. Or not. <laughs> Joe. I <laughs> like Joe's the only one listening, so we'll just address him directly. Yep. Fifty five million, so Oh, so oh like, Taraji P. Henson too. Yeah, your girl. Yeah. That's my girl. So Okay. Eighty eight minutes, which is short. You know, most movies are at least ninety minutes, so it was it's good a though. Quick little fun romp. Yes, it was a quick little fun run. <laughs> so I prefer most things. Yeah, oh, do you really? Quick, little, and fun. Hmm. I'm just kidding. Yeah, take it easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hopeful there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now it's intermission. Time for you to stretch your legs. Why not treat your tummy too? You'll enjoy the movie even more with the wonderful goodies we've got in store. The biggest treat and the best by far is a fresh, delicious candy bar. So anyway, I guess, you know, really quickly, you want to talk about the recent sex scandals that have been happening? Yes. Now, Larry King is getting divorced. I don't know if there's a sex scandal here. Well, I think it is, right? There's like something with a sister, supposedly or not supposedly. Well, I read recently, well, he's getting divorced. Larry King's like 76 years old. He's on like his eighth wife, right? Right. He didn't sign a prenup this time because apparently he thought she was... It and if I was yeah, if I was that old, I would have felt the same way. And there were rumors that he was that he had cheated on his wife with her sister, but I read recently that that's not true. But who knows? Yeah. But I I think once you hit that age, why not just stick it out? Yeah, I know. I guess I'm like completely miserable. Well, yeah, but buy another house or something. He's got like a. A bajillion, gazillion dollars. Yeah. You kind of wonder how much he's got to give up now that he's getting yeah. divorced. It must be pretty bad if he needs to get out. I, I it's like guess. that joke that Chris Rock makes about Nelson Mandela getting divorced after he got out of prison, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, I don't know. I just, Larry King is so weird. Like, who who is marrying you anyway? And second of all, you're a thousand years old. And I don't like his show. I don't think he's a good interviewer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's... Well, recently, yeah, I haven't... I mean, In I the past, I used to like him. Yeah, but, like 20 years ago. Yeah. When I was a baby, I'd watch him in my crib. But now it's time to, like, you know... Is that the signal for keel over and up. die? Hang or, it up. I'm not saying keel over and die. Just go play some golf or something, you know? Yeah. Garden. Work on your marriage. Yeah. And the other thing we were briefly going to mention was uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 
who okay. has the longest name ever, Roethlisberger. It's yeah. like it keeps going on and on. What is it? <laughs> Roethlis? Roth? Roethlis? Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger? That's how I feel. Yep. The never-ending name. Plus, he looks like a giant potato. He's a huge guy. He is a huge guy. Apparently a... Doofus. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of a doofus. He keeps having these run-ins with uh, women. And they're all very weird. Like, I don't don't get the impression that he actually has done anything other than get drunk with the wrong people. Like, wrong opportunistic people. Right. I mean, I could be wrong. But just like this most recent scenario of supposedly he got drunk and invited a woman back to his house and then exposed himself to her and told her... They could have... Do whatever you want to do here. Right. Yeah. And she was very offended and ran away. And then came back a week but later. But hung out with him a week later. Yeah. Like, that's all fishy to me. I just, like, I question his judgment and whether he should have as much money as he's getting. <laughs> he's like the highest paid... I know. Yeah. I I don't... I think he's just a good quarterback, but I think he makes dumb decisions. Right. He's like... Uh, people like to compare him to uh, Pac-Man Jones. Right. Pac-Man Jones makes a lot of, made a lot of dumb decisions as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're making this much money, you should know better than to hang out in these kinds of places right. or to invite this kind of company right. into your inner circle. Because, But all of this, I think, still goes back to the argument of how are we judging these people? Are we – it's a Tiger Woods sort of scandal – Revisited. Mm-hmm. He's a great golfer. People didn't get on board with Tiger because he was a fantastic family man or whatever. They liked him because he was a great golfer. Supposedly, this is the argument for all the people who say that the sex scandal stuff shouldn't shouldn't enter the equation, right? right? But here's my thing: if you were if you worked with a guy that was a complete douchebag but was a great at his job, you wouldn't be like, you know what? I want that guy to get promoted. He's great at his job. He um, he's terrible to everyone else. He's mean to his wife. He gets drunk all the time and does inappropriate things. But he is so good at being an accountant that I just want him to be here until he retires. That would not happen to anyone else. So I don't think that you can sit there and say, like, oh, he's a great guy, but he does terrible things to lots and lots of other people. But, but if- he's a great guy. Like, no, that, that by definition makes you a not good person. That so, makes you a douchebag. So if you're saying you had two accountants at your company. Right. And one was a complete douchebag away from work, but an excellent accountant and could get the job done and didn't make any, you know, egregious mistakes. Right. And the other guy occasionally, you know, he loses a million dollars. No, no, that's different though. You can't. You have to. You have to compare apples to apples. But he's he's excellent to his wife. He's great to his kids. He's he's a he's good not, accountant. He's not as great as other guy, but he's still a good accountant. He's he's uh, efficient. He's acceptable. The other guy is like he finds loopholes. Not loopholes, but he finds ways to save the comp- legally to save the company money. He's just awesome at his job. Yes. Much better than this other guy. But he's he's a douchebag to his wife. He's an alcoholic. He's a bad character. Yes. I would say no. No, thank you. You'd rather have the, the you know, mediocre one. The okay but one. But there's a difference between mediocrity. I'm saying that there's a lot of really good golfers. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, look at the NFL. Phil Mickelson, hello, just won the Masters, right? It's not like there's a there's a shortage of good athletes out there. 
So my point is, if you're going to make this judgment, like, just call a spade a spade. These people are douchebags. Ben Roethlisberger is a douchebag. Tiger Woods is a douchebag. He's a good golfer, but he's not a good guy but statement. He's a douchebag who's a good golfer. I feel like that statement has to has to set precedent over whatever goodness you have in you. All right. I see Tiger Woods in a different kind of way. I'm sure you do. He did what he did was definitely douchebagish, baggish, but <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But he's paying for it now, and I, I've read that the divorce is going through. He's not that you know they're not going to work things out. Which I'm kind of admire her for that. Um, however, because I think you said she was going to stay with him, right? I did, but I read this past week that. Yeah, but I think you were like. Oh well, but she's baking gonna, your argument on that. She's, she's gonna, right, <laughs> right. I don't, you haven't I don't, really I don't think that so. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, we should so. probably go back and we'll, listen. We'll to go that back and listen podcast. to that. She's getting paid either way. Well, uh, what I will say about Tiger Woods, and this may not make it acceptable, is that the fact that you know, for me, you have this black golfer who comes into a sport and dominates it. Where forty years ago, thirty years ago, they wouldn't even let you in the clubhouse right they still don't let me in the clubhouse well at the at masters not in Augusta, anyway. yeah which that's a whole nother that's a whole nother argument i can't go in the clubhouse right. i i would i you would fight i would fight for that if, you, like you, if we were married and they wouldn't allow my <laughs> wife in there i would not play but you wouldn't nope if i was like phil mickelson or tiger woods like a big you a big draw really i would not i would say hmm. i'm not gonna play I guess that doesn't surprise me about you. So, and see what they do. From what I've heard, they'd be like, okay, don't play. Right, right. But there's definitely something wrong there. Yes, I agree. Um, but And nobody seems to acknowledge Care. it. Yeah. No, they don't. Because if, if it were a black person, everybody would be up in arms. Like, right. You're not letting a black person in the clubhouse? Well, and I think, didn't Tiger Woods get some heat for that? Like, when they first, when the story kind of broke, like... I don't know. I felt like I remember this like eight or nine years ago when he first went to the Masters. And there was some like uh, women's rights group who was upset with him for not. And it was kind of like he had bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't something he should necessarily be focusing on. He's not really known for, you know, stepping up for certain causes. Right. He does stuff for charity and all that. Right, right. And I do agree with you, not only, Tiger Woods has a lot of pressure, not only because of sort of racial tensions that have existed in that sport and in that region, but also because it's hard to be really, really good at something without, you know, you feel like, I feel like sometimes people root for you to fail. Right. So I get, I get that, like I get that he had demons and stuff. I, I guess I just feel like this whole argument of, well, he's a really great guy other than... Yeah, these ten incidences of, and I wouldn't say that. I think what he did was really jacked up, and uh, now he's paying for it. Right, I agree. His wife's going to get the kids. She'll probably be, you know, in another country. Right, and instead of at home. Right, which I hope was a lesson enough for him. Yeah, I yeah. hope that the kids meant enough that it hurt this, that's what hurts the most about it. Right, I will say that I, I honestly didn't think he'd win the Masters, even though I w- watched it. Yeah. And I didn't think he would do as well as he did. I thought he did better than... I, I thought he would barely make the cut. Really? Yeah. But he was on the leaderboard at the end. Yeah. So... I didn't think he would win either. Just because it's a... Again, it's a big pressure to come back. Right. From and just um, automatically be amazing at it. Right. But um, 
I, I mean, it, it says a lot for you to, I, I guess if I was in the, that kind of spotlight and, and that sort of weakness about me was revealed to everyone in the world. I mean, he's an international star. Right. I don't know that I would come out again. You probably wouldn't ever see me again. Yeah, you wouldn't see me. I couldn't stand that kind of pressure. No. It's all, you, The pressure of just playing in front of that many people anyway. Right. And then to know in their minds that they know all your life, all your dirty little secrets. Right. It's like the dirtiest, much. darkest secrets. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... How do we get on that anyway? I don't know. We're t- it's Ben, oh, ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. That's why I didn't want to talk about him. I will say about Just him kidding. that he's not married. Roth- so Roethlis. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. No, he Burger. isn't married. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's probably just like some grown-up frat boy who hasn't quite calmed down yet. Because you don't hear about this happening that often. I mean, if you think of like all the athletes in the world who are really, really good, yeah. you don't hear about them carousing like this as all the time no at least they're not getting caught yeah and part of me wonders too there was an interview with Anne Hathaway that Barbara Walters did before the 2009 Oscars and she asked Anne Hathaway like how do you stay out of the tabloids like how do you do you you not party and she's like oh no I do she's like I just have very close friends who I trust and who you know keep those things to themselves and I just wonder if he if maybe all these people have trouble figuring out who to trust and who to surround themselves with, who's not going to, who's going to keep, help keep them out of trouble. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, it helps, you know, when you're like Pac-Man Jones or something like that, and you have an entourage of people that, and you bring the people, if, if you grew up in kind of, um, rough circumstances, right. And you bring those people along with you, Mm -hmm. they're still used to that other lifestyle and don't realize that you have to change. Right. And they can get you into trouble. Right. Sometimes it's hard, but you got to step away from that situation. Yes. Um, but, yeah. There was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. I don't know what it was either. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hope Ben has learned. I guess he's going to get suspended, maybe. Yeah. So. And the Steelers, that family, the Rooney family, mm-hmm. they don't. And they had another player, uh, Santonio Holmes. Yes. I think he's off the team, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, like all the way, I don't yeah. think he can. He's eligible to ever come back, not right. to play with the Steelers anyway. So, and they all kind of. I mean, I feel like those NFL teams all kind of. Some su- of them support. Well, maybe not all the way. Somebody might scoop him up. Yeah, I think somebody definitely will scoop him up. Hopefully, Ben has learned his lesson and will make better choices in the future. I agree. So, yeah, this week we're headed out to San Francisco. We'll be taking in, of course, our favorite uh, San Francisco Giants ball game because we love that ballpark and we love the Giants. We're also going to be – sorry, go ahead. They're playing uh, St. Louis. Yes. First game and then the Phillies the next game. I'm going to be torn. I'm going to cheer for the Phillies. I didn't know they were playing the Phillies on the second game. Yeah. So I'll be cheering for the Phillies. I'll cheer for the Giants and you cheer for the Phillies. All right. I'll have, well, I'll have a Giants cap on. No, I won't wear it for the second traitor, game. Traitor, yeah. traitor. <laughs> um, and most importantly, we are going to see Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. live. Team Coco. That's right. Um, he and his entourage are coming to the Knob Hill Masonic Theater in lovely San Francisco. 
and we'll be checking him out. So we will be back with brimming, brimming with reviews of uh, ball games, shows, movies, restaurants, probably people, a hotel. Crazy. People, crazy. I'm sure we'll have some kind of homeless run in. As we often do in San Fran. Yep. So until then, Seattle yeah. Joe, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yep. And um, maybe we'll talk to you in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.